This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Wiseco Performance Products with uh, what do they sell? They sell pistons. What else? You better start you. acting like you know, buddy. Uh, How about a full well, line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, you can visit Weisco.com and a lot of exciting stuff. The uh, race-winning brands is the parent company that's that's purchased Weisco. It's all the same players building the products and that kind of thing, but they're, they are now, uh, Race Winning Brands now owns Recluse, uh, CV Products, um, Pro X. There's a bunch of stuff, and I don't know how much of it I, I can even talk about, but I, it's uh, they're really on the gas. So it was pretty cool. I had a, I had a call today with them, and a lot of, lot of good changes going on. Um, all right, so uh, we've been trying to connect with Andy Debrino for a, f- a couple weeks, but we apparently have had the wrong number. But uh, he is going to join us now. He's a 2018 RSD Super Hooligan National Champion. and um, 2017 as well, let's not forget. Yep, yep. And uh, a very talented overall motorcycle racer and rider. He joins us now. Andy Debrino, how are you? Good, good. Good to be on the show and get connected with you guys finally. Well, it's about time. Where you been? Uh, I've, I've been here. <laughs> I've just been waiting for the phone to ring, but the- uh, yeah. So every week you're on the you're on the script and and Andy we I we call Jack calls I text hey we're ready for your interview again and uh, finally I got a response from the guy and he said this is not Andy please lose my number never call me again <laughs> so <laughs> but here we are um, congratulations on your success in the uh, Super Hooligan talk about that thank you yeah uh, it's been a pretty good last couple of years uh, just kind of was into super hooligan racing a little bit before that series started uh a friend of mine tor drake who owns cc motorcycles and coffee he had a bike and uh when that series started he was just like hey go race this thing and went and chased down the whole series and got the win and it was a really big kind of career change for me because i was focusing on moto america leading up to that but uh you know having done the first couple rounds and leading that championship back in 2017 i decided that i needed to focus on that and obviously with the the indian motorcycle up for grabs you know that's a big deal and they paid pretty well too so you know if you could consistently get on that podium you could make some decent money but uh yeah and then we had a really good year this year just kind of built off what i learned last year because last year was my first year kind of doing flat track full time um yeah, just kind of put put together all the things I learned from last year and built on that this year, and had a had an awesome season. Andy, you are uh, 
unique in that you're one of the few flat trackers we talk to who kind of set aside the road racing. We we see it all the time. Flat trackers who go road racing. Uh, are you have you have you put it to bed your road racing dreams? Or are you still doing uh, uh, any club level stuff or select AMA or Moto America events as it were? Yeah, I'm I'm still uh, still into road racing. This last year, I uh, I went to Road America and Sonoma for Moto America rounds, and I scored a, a third place at Road America. Wow! Uh, my first race out, and then I was battling for second, uh, pretty much until the last lap at Sonoma, and I finished fourth. It was a, a pretty good race there. So yeah, I'm still involved. And uh, the last time I swung a leg over my bike was at my home track, Portland International Raceway. And I broke the track record that stood for four years there. Yeah, so, so you can still go road racing. That's not going to be a problem. Uh, you, you were running Super Sports Series, I presume? Um, I was running Stock 1000. Stock 1000. Uh, yep, so that was my first time running uh, something other than the 600 in that, that series because I was a Super Stock 600 racer and, uh, through 2017. And... Uh, don't have any 600s anymore, but uh, so I'm just down to one road race bike. But uh, for sure, gonna you know hit a few rounds next year for fun, and I'll I'll be gunning for wins there. And uh, you know, as far as club stuff, we'll see. But uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out right now whether I want to move move some money around and try to upgrade my bike because uh, my my Yamaha one it's, it's a 2016, so I wasn't eligible for contingency this year, so. Some of the other manufacturers pay some pretty good money, so you know there, there's nothing wrong with my bike. I love it, but uh, you know I'm not not collecting any money out there, and there's some good money that these manufacturers are putting out. So we'll see, but uh, no no plans for next year whatsoever. Uh, I've been trying to kind of figure that out um, as far as what road racing and the flat truck stuff's going to look like. But uh, I, I would say I still have some aspirations with the road racing stuff. I mean, I I definitely want to get a national win and. Uh, you know, depending how that stock 1000 series goes with Moto America, you know, there's a chance I'd maybe make a run at that championship. That'd be one heck of a race. No, uh, do they do the conflicts? Or do the do the schedules conflict, or, or could you do yeah, both? There's, there's schedule conflicts. Uh, in 2017, uh, when I was you know club racing at home uh, with the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing Association, uh, there was one conflict with the Super Hooligan series and. I was leading that championship up until that point where there was a conflict and I had commitments to do the road racing stuff with a sponsor. So I had to miss the, the hooligan race, forfeit my points lead. And, uh, but luckily I was at a deficit in the road racing championship and I, I got the points lead in the road racing championship, lost the points lead in the super hooligan series, but it worked out to where that finale, I was able to, to win the championship. And I also went on to win the road racing championship. So, it all worked out perfectly last year, and uh, but this last year there was just too many conflicts, so I wasn't able to contend both championships. I just had to focus on the Super Hooligan one. Andy, we've talked to some other uh, Super Hooligan racers, and in fact, we have one in town. I've got his sticker on my fridge. The the man who came second to you, Jordan Babers, a local here. Um, so we see a, a fair bit of him. I see him out at the dealership I work at. He didn't give you the title. I mean, you're having to race to win this thing, right? Uh, you, you had it wrapped up a, a couple rounds early at least, right? Was it two or three rounds early? Yeah, the, that, 
they didn't really want to say, and it's funny because the series, they you just never know what they're going to do. I mean, last year they, they did a double points race out of nowhere, uh, and then this year, yeah, we just we had no idea what was going on. I just kind of prepared that I was going to have to be there every race down to the wire just because. Who knows what they're going to do. And, and yeah, they, it's working yeah. for them, right? You can, so I mean, they just surprise you. Hey, by the way, this is a double point. This is a triple points round. We're going to make it. This, it's not over yet. By the way, the whole championship is, it depends on uh, who this gets second place race. today. So good luck. <laughs> like yeah, that, that was my worry with it. And that's also the hard part about planning anything is because that series tends to put out their schedule uh, like a week or two before the first round, which is usually February uh, here at my home track in Salem, Oregon. So, well, at least it's close to you. It's better for you than probably everybody else in the country who's coming from the other side. Yeah, at least after the first year, everyone knew it was pretty much going to be at the first round. And they, they announced that the first round was going to be at Salem like two months ahead of time. But the rest of the schedule didn't follow until uh basically the Salem round and even then there were some schedule changes so it's really hard it'd be really hard for me to commit to two different series again I pretty much if I've got to do the hooligan thing I kind of have to just you know focus on that and whatever else I can do if it works out it works out but it's been kind of hard just because it's a newer series and you know there there's not a sanctioning body behind it running the show I mean these are guys that you know they're running a business full-time and, uh, you know, we're, we're just lucky to have the series for, for starters, but, uh, it's gotta be tough. Uh, it's gotta be tough lining all those different races up all over with different promoters. So I, I would think I would have to think so too. And, and, but it is a, I mean, a valid series and seems to be growing. Is that the sense that you're getting, uh, from the various rounds? I mean, they, first of all, you guys race all over the country, making it, a, I would say a true national series cause you're going everywhere. Uh, does it feel like it's growing? I mean, was 18 bigger than 17 in your estimation? Uh, I would say uh, for the most part, yes. I, you know, at my home race, it was bigger. Uh, you know, the competition has gotten better. Uh, more, you know, we've had, you know, more of the AFC guys coming out and trying it out. Uh, you know, the venues were pretty big. You know, Moto Beach this year was a lot bigger than Moto Beach last year. Uh the Moto Bay Classic was a, a really big addition in San Francisco with a great turnout. Sturgis was a hit. Uh, I'd say a lot of these races were big hits. Um, Costa Mesa was about the same. There's a few rounds that were about some of the same, and maybe one round was down from last year. But overall, uh, this year was there's a lot of growth. And uh, as far as the series goes, I think they grew. You know, as as far as you know, experience and how they put together their programs and the organization. Because the first year there was a ton of growing pains and it was, it was tough, but this year was a lot more, uh, I think this year ran a lot smoother and everybody kind of knew what to expect when they showed up to the race. We're uh, obviously in the middle of a conversation and uh, we will continue it on the other side of this. I just got off the phone with Alan, excuse me, with uh, not Alan, but uh, Roland Sands. And Roland's going to come on our first live show of 2019 and talk to us about the hooligan uh, class and the hooligan races and why he thinks it's been so gosh darn successful. And, um, you know, we happen to agree. We think it's fun uh, when Tony goes online to Craigslist and buys up every available motorcycle out there, whether it's a piece of junk or not. Most of them are 
but uh, it's it's interesting to to see what a, a you know kind of a goofy idea from somebody that we respect a great deal, Roland Sands. Um, you know, it's interesting to know that it's guys like that that are willing to take a chance to go outside the box. You agree with that, Andy? Yeah, I mean, it. He definitely took a different approach to it, and you know the the hooligan stuff. I mean, I the first time I rode a hooligan bike was 2015, and the the equipment from then to now is a lot different. I mean, the bikes are a lot more serious, but uh, I think it brings out a lot of people that you know normally wouldn't race. And I think a lot of people are finding out that racing's fun and that they can do it. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, maybe these people are a little bit different, and a little a cut, you know, cut a little bit differently than some of the people who are just diehard racers that come from, you know, a different background. But you know, I think as a whole, it's helping motorcycling, and and uh, it's just uh, for sure a place in my career I never thought I would be. I just never thought, you know, for starters, you know, years ago, I mean, I grew up as a motocrosser and got into supermoto and got into road racing. And, you know, I watched flat track like once or twice and I knew Harleys were into it, but getting me on a Harley would have been tough. So if you told me like five or six years ago, <laughs> I'd be racing Harleys mainly as a career, I would have probably laughed and said never. Right. But, uh, you know, for sure, like the hooligan stuff changed my perspective a lot. Um, as far as like, you know, brands I didn't think were cool before. Now I think they're cool. I mean, I think, you know, I wasn't interested in Harleys whatsoever, but, you know, the hooligan thing totally got me into Harley. Exactly. As well as, well as Indians. So, you know, I think I think it's a good thing. Uh, and I'm happy to have it. You know, I like racing, and uh, I'm, it doesn't really matter what I'm racing. I think it's all fun. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great deal. Uh, it's just, it's been pretty pretty impressive to see the uh you know the evolution of hooligan racing and where it's at now andy it's always good to talk with you brother so glad we got uh, your correct phone number on this particular script next time we'll play that game again i'm sure and uh, now your number's going in in the in the cell phone so uh, we'll have it most definitely here uh who do you want to give a shout out uh to there's a i'm sure a bunch of folks that make it possible for you to go racing no matter the discipline for sure. Uh, you know, first and foremost, mom and dad, and then uh, uh, George Latest, the latest motors racing, and latest motors Harley Davidson for you know supporting my hooligan program. Uh, my buddy Eric Thorne, EDR Performance, he helps out with all my road race stuff. Some up tires, KTEC Super Superlight Sprockets, Maximo Racing Oils, ASD Invention, uh, and Fox Racing, Shift, Rockstar Energy. Uh, Vance Pine, Sabbath Speed. There's, there's a lot. I mean, I'd have to pull I'd say you did a pretty good job right there, right out of the box. Good job out of you, Andy. Yeah, there's a few more, but uh, they all know who they are and appreciate them, and uh, thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk to you, but uh, next time, you know, we'll leave an open segment just so you can uh, name off the sponsors, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bud. Yep, yep. All right, this portion of our show brought to you by Fly Racing. Their brand-new light hydrogen line was the first true lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line to develop, uh, to define, rather, the minimalist lightweight category. 
When you're first, guess what you got to do? You got to stay on the gas. You got to twist that throttle wide open, baby. Fly continues to develop and improve this premium gear with the addition of the new BOA system. The revolutionary waist adjustment system offers fast on the fly micro adjustability with a, a truly dialed in fit. A simple turn of that uh, dial delivers in unparalleled performance, comfort, and convenience. And of course, you, you probably should get a. Uh, um, you know, the, the togs that are just a little bit big on you so you can really, truly enjoy that turn of the dial for that custom fit. If you would like more information, we encourage you to check out a dealer near you or look for Fly online at flyracing.com. Next up, we slide right into our next interview, a guy that we have a tremendous amount of res uh, respect for out of Southern California. He's a bit of a man of mystery. He's managed... Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.